0: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Scripture begins by sharing that the earth was a a place of chaos. And then the Spirit of God began to hover over the earth, and, and God spoke into that chaos. And out of that chaos, the Word of God brought this beautiful creation You know, as we've come through these last days, it seems that chaos again is is spreading across the world with this COVID-19 virus. I wonder what the Spirit of God would be speaking into the world during this time. Oh, that we would have ears to hear and that we would listen and follow after the Spirit of God. Here in Norman, a state of emergency has been declared by our mayor. And as citizens of our community, we need to respect that authority. And, and so as we've been asked to not gather with groups over 250 people, and as the coronavirus begins to spread, we understand that those who have health issues and those over the age of 60 are, are susceptible to some of the devastating effects of this virus. We also know that those over 70 are significantly Affected could be significantly affected as well. So we move forward with caution. And so today we have chosen not to gather and to meet together as a church family to worship. And I appreciate you taking the time this morning or this afternoon to, to gather with us by uh, Facebook, by our, our webpage, and to share in these few moments together with me and with us as a church family. The Scripture tells us in Matthew 22 a story about Jesus. Over these last weeks, we've been talking about seeing Jesus more clearly, seeing Jesus with twenty-twenty vision. And going through the events of these last weeks, I, I can't help but think that we must see Jesus as He relates to the rulers and authorities of this world. That we must see Jesus as He relates to the Pharisees if you would and so Matthew 22 is is a beautiful story it's a powerful story that that we're probably familiar with allow me to read that for just a few moments It begins in verse 15 then the Pharisees went and plotted together how they might trap Jesus in what he said and they sent their disciples to him along with a Herodian saying teacher we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in truth and defer to no one for you are not partial to any tell us then what do you think is it lawful to give a poll tax to Caesar or not and the scripture tells us that Jesus perceived their malice that he was out to get them that they were out to get him and Jesus said why are you testing me you hypocrites show me the coin that you use for the poll tax and they brought him a denarius And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is on this? And they said to Him, Caesar's. Then He said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. I love this, this story because Jesus asks about the likeness on the coin. Just as we are created in the likeness of God, and therefore, because of that, we are, are, are owed allegiance to, to follow after this God, to, to listen and to obey this God. And there, there are certain things that are, are rendered and, and reserved only for God. But Jesus takes that, that coin, that coin with the picture of Caesar, and, and He says that it has the likeness of Caesar. And, and He says, therefore, there's, there's things that we must render to Caesar. There's things in our earthly kingdoms that we owe to our earthly authorities and rulers. And so we should obey our rulers when they rule and when they um, offer direction in the things of this world. But we're to render to God the things that are God's. And when those things would, would intersect, we're obviously to render unto God what is His. I'm interested in, in this question, so how does that live out? How do we live that out in our, our day-to-day lives? How do we render to God the things that are His and render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's? Especially in a, in a time like this, where there's so much information going on, there's so much unknown, there, there's so much mystery about this disease that we are told is, is coming, this disease that we are, are told not if it comes, to our neighborhoods, and to our community, but when it comes. So how are we to render those things unto Caesar that are Caesar's as we prepare for this? I'm reminded of a passage in 1 Timothy. I think it offers some insight for us as well. And so let me read that passage for you. It's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And Paul writes to Timothy, he says, First of all then... I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and for all who are in authority. You see that? We're, we're to pray for one another, certainly. But we're also to pray for our leaders, to pray for our president, to pray for those legislators that, that are making laws and legislation, to, to pray for our governor and our state officials, to pray for our mayor. And those officials in our in our cities that make important decisions that have to try to understand the facts as best as they can and and in difficult unknown and even unprecedented times to make decisions that impact all of us and that's what the scripture says as we continue to read we're to pray for kings and all those in, in authority why so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity this virus that's spreading across our world and and now into our country and into our state and in communities is is a virus that that brings about that ruins that destroys this tranquil and quiet life it brings chaos into our world and so we're to pray for our leaders as they seek to to lead us as they seek to make wise decisions as they discern the best way forward for us is a, a community. And so let us be reminded during these days of how important it is to pray for our leaders. And notice what Paul continues to say in verse 3. He says, This this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, by praying for our leaders, by by submitting to them and by following their authority as we would follow the authority of Caesar in those areas where Caesar has authority, then we offer an example to the world around us. And this is good and acceptable in the sight of our Lord and is a witness that we give and that is offered so that all men would be saved, so that all men would come to the knowledge of truth in Jesus Christ. So it is not an easy decision to decide not to meet for church today. But we felt with all the information that we have with the leadership of our our city and and local and national and state leaders, that this was the best decision for us. And so may God bless this obedience. May God bless this time as uh, as we're not meeting today, as we gather by internet and social media. And may we offer a witness to our world and community as we follow after Christ our Lord. So how are we to respond to this virus? What, what are, is our attitude to be as we face this new danger each day? I'm reminded of the psalmist in Psalm 46. If you would allow me to, to just read that passage. It's a beautiful psalm. Some of you may be familiar with it. It begins like this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, We will not fear, though the earth should change. Isn't that a powerful passage written many years ago, thousands of years ago, in which the psalmist says God is is our refuge. God is the one that we find shelter in. God is our help in times of trouble. So we don't have to fear, even as the earth should change. And we've seen over these last weeks how the earth has literally changed in front of us as this virus has swept across the globe. But even so, we need not fear. We can trust in the Lord. And even as that virus comes into our own neighborhoods and even as it comes into our own families, still the Lord is our refuge, our strength, our help in times of trouble. So let us be reminded of this as we prepare as we experience these next weeks together with one another. I'm reminded of, of two ways that we can approach uh, this virus that's coming our way. First of all, with, with pride. We could say, well, well, I'm healthy and I'm fit, and, and that virus would, would never infect me and would never touch me. I, I don't have anything to worry about. We've seen examples of that in the media this week of those who thought they were impervious to any kind of a virus or sickness in this world and how they've become sick and ill but the other extreme of that of pride is, is fear is fear that might paralyze us fear that might might grip us and cripple us fear that might rob us of the life that we're called to live because we become so afraid in this psalm 46 we continue to verse 10 and i love what it says here the scripture says that we're to cease striving to be still to be quiet and to know that i am god there are seasons in life where we need to cease striving where we need to to be still where we need to be quiet and listen and hear from god and know that god is god one of the things that authorities are encouraging us to do is, is to, so to speak, shelter in place. We're familiar with that term because of the, the storms that come our way in the spring, but with this virus, a storm that's approaching, authorities have asked us to, to shelter in place, if you would, a time to cease striving, to be quiet, to, to allow the Spirit of God to, to minister and to speak to us in the quiet of these days. The psalmist continues, If we'll cease striving and know that He is God, God says that He will be exalted among the nations, exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. May this be our testimony as we move forward, that we can cease striving, that we can seek God, that we can hear from God, that we can know He is our shelter, he is our strength, our comfort, our help in times like these. I'm also reminded in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, the scripture tells us that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. This is certainly a time of, of fear, a time in which we don't really know a lot of what's going on. There's, there's much unknown out there. This is something new that we've, we've not been as a culture and a community through before. And so there is fear during this time. But the Scripture reminds us that there is no fear in love. So as we struggle with our fear, let's remember to, to cast our attention not to a virus that would come our way, but rather, let's cast our attention to, to God, to a God who we know loves us, to a God who we know is with us, to a God who when we sit in the midst of His love, there is no fear because we know this God holds the, the past and the present and the future. And He casts out that fear as we find rest and strength and courage In him it's my prayer that as we have those moments of fear that we would turn our hearts and our eyes upon God and that we would allow him to be the source of our strength Romans 8 verse 35 says this who will separate us from the love of God with tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or virus and the scripture goes on there in Romans chapter 8, verses 30 and 30 through 30, 37 through 39, and says, But in all these things, in all these challenges, when all these things come against us, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loves us. For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall separate us from the love of God which is found in Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, that we would remember during these days of of chaos, of confusion, of, of unknown, of illness and sickness, that God loves us and nothing can separate us from His love, even as we go through the struggles that may be before us. Last week in our church, in our, in our service, we again, we've been talking about what it means to see Jesus clearly. And we reflected on the story in John chapter 13 and, and seeing Jesus with a, a towel we saw that Jesus took that towel on the night in which He was betrayed and, and He went to His disciples and He began to wash their feet. And He said to them, you know, I've given you an example. An example that by my washing your feet that you are to go and to wash the feet of others, to, to minister and serve others. And just a few verses later in John chapter 13, Jesus offers us the new commandment, the new commandment that tells us that we're to love one another. We're to love one another as Jesus loved us. By this, all men will know that we are His disciples if we have love for one another. Church, may we realize that in these days of chaos and sickness, as we're called to to cease striving and to, to rest and to know that God is God, we are still called, especially in the midst of the sickness and struggling and chaos of this moment, to love one another. You know, it's it said that the firemen don't run from a fire in a building. They run into the fire. That's been the history of Christians. Christians are the ones that, that run into those places where people are leaving, but Christians run in. They run into the villages where the lepers are so that they might care for them and love and nurture them at their own risk. Because why? Because they follow after a God that loves them and a God that calls us to love others. So church, let us be sensitive to those around us during these days and let us be faithful to love one another let us be faithful to love our neighbor and to love the one who is sick, to love the one who is hurting, to love the vulnerable senior adult who is at home because they're afraid. That maybe we might love them by calling them up on the phone and saying, hey, can I, can I go to the store? Can I I'll go get some groceries for you? Can I come and bring you a meal? How can I serve you and minister to you as you stay home and and keep yourself free and, and, and away from many of those viruses in our community? How can we love the widow, the senior adult, the one whose health is compromised and needs to be careful about what virus they might be exposed to? How can we serve those that are sick? How can we serve those that may be affected? How can we come alongside and serve their families how can we serve them by realizing that that we need to be careful of, of what sickness we might possess they say of this virus that that you may have the virus but you may not show any symptoms of it oh that we would be careful not to expose others and cause them to come under the the sickness of this virus So how can we serve those in our community? How can we come alongside of those whose income has been impacted by not being able to go to work because events have been canceled or postponed? How can we share our resources? How can we share generously with those that have need because they can't work during this time? The economic impact certainly is going to be great upon our communities and our nation and our world So how can we come alongside of others and help them and love them and minister to them? Jesus tells us that we're to love one another. For by our example, the world will know that we are His disciples. Let me close with one more passage from 1 Timothy. I'm sorry, in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul writes to Timothy and says this in verse 7 For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, a spirit of fear, but rather of power and of love and of discipline. Over these days, let us show the presence of God in our life through discipline. Let us show the power of God in our lives through his power. And through His love as we seek to minister and to serve those around us in whatever way they need as we wash the feet of others I'd like to close with a prayer A prayer that I came across on on the internet it's a prayer that was written by Kerry Weber of the American magazine and I just want to offer this prayer for us in closing as some excerpts from this prayer It's a prayer entitled, uh, A Coronavirus Prayer. I think it's very appropriate. Ms. Weber has has done a wonderful job of, of reflecting the Spirit of Christ as we would offer our prayers in our community for our leaders, for the medical personnel around us, and also for those that may be sick during this time. Would you pray with me as I read and as I share this prayer? Jesus, You traveled through towns and villages curing every disease and illness. At your command, the sick were made well. Come now in the midst of the global spread of coronavirus that we may experience your healing love. Heal those who are sick with the virus. Heal us from our fear and pride. Stay by our our side in this time of uncertainty. Be with the families of those who are sick or who have died. Be with the doctors, nurses, researchers, and medical professionals who seek to heal and to cure this disease. Be with the leaders of nations as they seek foresight to act with charity and concern for the people they serve. Jesus, stay with us as we endure and mourn, persist and prepare. In place of our anxiety, give us your peace. Jesus Christ heal us. Amen. And God bless. As you spend these days be quiet and knowing that Christ is Lord. Amen. And God bless.